0: Happy holidays, everyone! Even though 2020 has been tough on all of us, we're finding ways to bring a bit of joy and care into our lives and the lives of people that we love, which includes you guys. And one of the ways is us creating our curated stationary gift boxes that are handmade by both of us, me and Regina, with so much love and care. Every little detail, every little twine and hand wrapping was all by us. This is the perfect gift for yourself or a friend this holiday season. Guaranteed whoever receives one will feel special and so very loved. We are down to our last handful of boxes, so don't miss out. So come visit our shop. We'll link it in the description below, or you can find it through our Instagram at perfectly.imperfect.podcast. Thank you so much, Fam, for the support. We love you all, and please stay safe this holiday season.
1: I just came by to stir your soul up a bit.
2: This is the Perfectly Imperfect podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly.
0: We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters because we're all perfectly imperfect. And welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect, the podcast where we have vulnerable conversations about mental
2: health, self-growth and relationships. I'm Christine. And I'm Regina. Ooh, I am so excited for today's episode. I know I say this all the time, but I'm truly, truly excited because the energy that our guests exude every time I'm around them, it's just so much fun and they're just so high energy and they just compliment you and shower you with compliments and have this like, <laughs> they're just the best. And yes, I did say they. <laughs> they're just the best because they compliment me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just have such a fun energy and yeah. I feel like every single time I talk to them, like they really care. Like it's never small talk with them. It's always like getting into it and well, let me introduce them first. It's the J-Rod twin. Jason and Justin. Woo! Hello, Hello. hi guys, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Yes. We are so excited to have them on today. You know, we just really wanted to dive into their background from moving to Seattle, coming down to LA, which ultimately led them to become these international superstars. We've all heard them sing on YouTube and that's how they started out. And just their beautiful melodic voices, just, Oh, it just like sends you into a trance. And, you know, we just really wanted to get into today with what their journey has been like, how the pressures of being an influencer, has been and just how their fans see them versus how they see themselves and so thank you guys so much for coming on today
1: thank you for having us justin you're pausing waiting to see who should talk first <laughs> <laughs> so I, we never know who should talk first but i took initiative there yeah. yeah no actually i don't mind but yeah thank you christine and regina for inviting us onto your podcast you guys have always been really amazing to be around i know christine like we've gotten into so many deep conversations together yeah. when we see each other every time we do we get into it I, <laughs> and <know>. I, rem- <laughs> I remember i think when we first moved down you dived into a really deep conversation about me and my sexual identity And, like, I usually don't talk about that ever. And it's really hard for me to, like, just open that can of worms. And so I'll never forget the conversation with you. So I'm really glad to be here to talk to you and Regina today.
0: Oh, my God. Yay. 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 No, same. Likewise. It's a joke, but then it's also, like, something that Jack takes super seriously, too. But Jack is like, oh, the J-Rod twins are, like, his children. And he doesn't even include me in it. He's like, oh, they're my sons. I'm like, okay. So they're like, I mean, you guys know. The J-Rod twins, they're amazing. We get the privilege of being their friend and being around their energy all the time. But I've really never met people. And I'll, I'll throw Andrew in there, too. Andrew Moon is, like, they're. I would say a third brother, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like your guys' energy and aura is just clear. They always find a way to keep things open minded and are willing to talk and be vulnerable and go there. Even if you just met them for the first time. I think that's why our spirits really connected because just felt really safe with you guys. And I still remember meeting you, was it at Tenren? Yeah. You guys were just fresh from seattle and then like <laughs> eric was trying to introduce you guys to as many people and i was like they're babies they're gonna get slaughtered <laughs> in la you know i was like they're so cute and genuine and sweet and bright-eyed and ready to take on la so i mean going into today's episode like regina said you know we want to dig in deeper with youtube but really want to focus on image because you know where's Image is everything. And I'm sure coming from Seattle to LA, there were certain expectations. There maybe there's certain things that you guys thought you would experience. And then what was the reality when you guys came here? Because nowadays image, right? It's like something that everyone struggles with in some shape or form. With a click or a swipe, everyone can know your business. And also what type of image are you going to put out there And is that what you want people to think of you and the difference between what you put out there and who you really are? Talking to you guys, you guys have been on such a roller coaster journey. Can you guys tell us about your guys' lives in Seattle before you moved to LA? What was that like?
1: Where do we start? Let's see. If we're talking about like right before we moved, I guess, you know, Justin and I, we were working at a boba shop for a while and that was during uh, college years. And then a little bit after college years, we never graduated with our bachelor's, but we did finish our transfer degree. And that was all during the same timing when we were just getting started with YouTube and we're picking up traction and we were doing local shows and opening at like local events and like university gigs and stuff. And so I think during that phase, The idea of moving to L.A. was always one of those options, but we just weren't sure if it was like the right idea. And it's a big move. That's a huge commitment to like move out of state and like especially moving to L.A. But the seed was definitely planted because we would meet a lot of people. We would perform a lot of places and we even knew a few people in the YouTube scene. And they're like, yeah, when are you going to move to L.A.? (laughs) And and like, who is it? Fung Bros and Richie Lay. They're actually from the same town as us. Just a bunch of people asking us like, yeah, when are you gonna make the move? When are you gonna make the move? (laughs) And we're just like, oh my gosh, like we were brainwashing it, thinking like, this is something that must happen Mm. in order for us to seriously treat YouTube as a full-time job. We were kind of fearful, also didn't know what to expect. And then we eventually, we moved down summer of 2015.
0: Mm. Mm. So when you guys were in Seattle, all your friends and family were there because you grew up there, right? Your roots are there. Even though you guys were performing shows, was there like, oh, we're gonna get into entertainment, or was it just like, let's just do this for fun and see where it goes?
1: So Justin and I might have different answers uh, on. Oh, yeah. we definitely have different <laughs> answers. Uh, to this oh yeah, question. <laughs> for sure. So Justin, you can you can go first. Yeah, I mean for me, I've always wanted to be a singer ever since I could remember. Mm. I think either an artist or a singer or like something in real estate or something. I don't know, like one of those three. <laughs> 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 what the heck? <laughs> I know it's really it's a weird combo, but it worked. I don't know.
2: Here I am. I mean, are, do you guys talk about that you have an Airbnb?
1: Yeah, we have an Airbnb. Yeah, as well. so you guys have an Airbnb. So you really like don't yeah. you know dipped your toes in all all of those avenues. Here I am though on perfectly imperfect podcast. So I guess that recipe kind of worked. YouTuber you slash it. Airbnb host. <laughs> I made it, baby. <laughs> So, yeah, like when I was young, I've always dreamt of being on American Idol. I thought I could win it one day. I remember seeing that there were no Asians that ever won the show. And I was like, oh, my God, like Mm -hmm. I could be the first Asian to win it. And the only Asian that ever got any type of uh, exposure, hyper notoriety on there was William Hung. Yeah, (laughs) right. I've always been into music. And then I think I asked Jason to play guitar for me at one of the charity shows that I was performing at. Mm. And that's when that's when just the music started together. And so we started just to do a couple more shows together. And then people were asking, hey, do you guys like post on YouTube? I actually asked Jason to sing backup for me at one of the events for the oh. first time. And then it was just really well received. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we were like, oh, my God, this could be something, you know, like you can actually learn to sing, Jason. He didn't always play guitar, but he picked it up in college.
0: Wow. Um,
1: yeah, so I've been singing my whole life. And then he started singing like in his... 20s right
0: oh.
1: well no i did choir uh senior year of high school true yeah but that was like for yeah. fun that was like a you tried it for fun kind of a thing for me yeah my journey starting music was actually initiated by justin and so my senior year of high school was sort of like the year where i'm like i want to do everything i want to try everything i want to make the most of my senior mm. year so i'm going to try track this year i'm going to do you know so many different things and then justin was like oh why don't you try out for vocal ensemble which is a zero hour um, jazz group Mm-hm He convinced me to do it. And then that's when I tried out and I made it. And so that's when I learned how to sing, really. Yeah.
0: Mm. You know. To be born like that. I know you guys worked hard, but it's also just like good looking. I'm going to sing and I'm also going to pick up a guitar. I'm also going to be really crafty. I can also like <laughs> go boarding. <It's> just, <laughs> but, but you guys do it because it's like so much fun. That's what I really love about like everything that you guys do really shows how much you guys make of the actual thing. Like this is my one life. If I'm choosing to do this with my time, I'm going to make the most of it. We go from there to how your guys' music career started and your guys' lives in Seattle. Yeah. And I know Eric helped initiate the move, but you know, a lot of people say, they're like, you know, one day I'm gonna move to LA, one day. What gave you guys the courage to be like, we're gonna do this move. We're gonna leave our entire family, everything that we know, to go try it in LA without any guarantees.
1: Well, I think having each other was definitely one of the best things that we could have moving down because it made it way less scary, right? Mm -hmm. If we were to make the moves on our own, Mm -hmm. it definitely would have been a lot tougher, I think, going through all of the struggles and the road bumps and everything that we went through. Also, I think in a way, we were very naive during that time. Like, we didn't even know how to get an apartment. We didn't know how to... (laughs) We were in an ignorance is bliss kind of mental state, right? Mm-hmm. We were just like, let's just go down and just see what happens. Yeah. And in a way, it was a double-edged sword because we made it down, right? Like we're alive and mm-hmm. and well yeah. now, but we did have to learn everything the hard way. <laughs> just to go a little deeper on what you just mentioned earlier, where we had each other. Yeah. I know we have private conversations with you guys in the past about like our monk story, about being Buddhist monks and like moving away from our parents at a very young age For context, for the uh, listeners, yeah, we were monks for about four years and lived in a Buddhist monastery from ages eight through 12. And we moved a lot to like different places, Mm -hmm. different temples and living away from our parents. Even though we had each other, we still had to learn to be a little more independent as a unit. Mm. And so we were pretty used to learning how to adapt and then meeting strangers. And so our social skills We're pretty good and that's a huge part of like moving to a new place Mm -hmm. like the whole anxiety of like having to meet people and having to like make new friends and this and that. And so that part we never worried about. Mm -hmm. And also a part of that is because we always have each other. So worst case scenario, we always have a best friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah.
2: that's that's a great safety net to have. But I do agree with Justin on the like, you move and you're kind of blind to like all the hardships of it. And like, I think Mm -hmm. that that's kind of one of the best ways to move. I think (laughs) that when you plan for it too much, you start to kind of chicken out. And I totally felt that way with New York. I just like blindly was like, I want to do this. I'm just going to to do it. I didn't think too much of it. I was like, we'll get there and then we'll figure out the apartment and all of that stuff later. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes yes. when it comes to moving, yeah, I kind of think it's good to not think too much of the details.
1: That's basically yeah, for how sure. my brother and I have lived our, <laughs> lives, our entire lives.
2: <laughs> Here <Yeah>. we
1: are. <laughs> there was a little bit of luck involved, but also it was kind of a little bit of a privileged life as well, <laughs> where we just, I don't know, we've, we've never had to worry about being financially stable and stuff. Like we lived at home actually right before we moved to LA. Mm-hmm. We just never really had to worry about like bills or anything like that. And so mm. when we moved like adulting and just like <laughs> reality just hit us like a wrecking ball. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And my credit score was so bad. <laughs> I couldn't, Like I yeah, that was a really bad time.
0: <laughs> oh. Okay, so let's go back to you guys are now down in LA, you guys are experiencing LA, working and adulting learning to adult. Was there a culture shock?
1: There was definitely a culture shock. I think one of the first things that really stood out and I think Justin and I can both agree on this, is there's a crap ton of Asians down here. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, this is cool. Because, you know, meeting people and getting to know people and hearing their like high school stories and their college stories and stuff. I'm like, wow. From that point on, I wondered like what it would have been like to go to a high school that was predominantly Asian or even living in a community that was predominantly Asian. I don't know. It's like Justin and I at our high school, there were a few Asians, you know, but the thing is like the Asians would just be the Asian clique. But mm. there wouldn't necessarily be clicks within the Asian clicks, not big enough to like <laughs> yeah, have yeah, clicks yeah. within the Asian click. So like, but but here in the sixty six yeah. and like, you know, you you have the jocks, you yeah. have the, the nerds, you got the dancers. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. That was like one of the first things. Yeah. As far as like the YouTube scene, Justin, you wanna? Well, talk a before about I even talk about the YouTube scene, I was just gonna go more light and just talk about the fact that there was literally a boba store in every corner. <laughs> 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 that was my biggest culture shock. <laughs> Oh my god. Yes. Food too. Yeah. Food culture <laughs> shop. How
0: many did you like, guys have up in Seattle?
1: We literally had to drive 35, 40 minutes to go to the boba shop that we, oh yes. that we would want to go to. Wow. Yes.
2: How do you even live? Yeah, Christine needs one at least within like 10 minutes from her. Otherwise she will just combust. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I definitely am growing up really privileged.
0: I mean, even growing up we had like a is it tapico Express and mm-hmm. Lollipop. Yeah. They were already everywhere. Around.
2: Yeah. They were everywhere, actually. Yeah. I feel like most of my memories involve boba in some form <laughs> or another. Like after school, I remember my mom would always go pick it up for us and things like that. And I feel like that's something that Christine and I, because we grew up in the San Gabriel Valley, like we didn't think twice about it. It was just like, oh, it's so accessible. The biggest culture shock for me was like when I went to the East Coast and people called it bubble tea. <laughs> I was like, What?
1: <laughs> we call, we call, them oh, call it bubble tea up there. Oh yes. my gosh. Yes. <laughs>
2: that's-
0: so interesting but now we're at a point where it's like a combination of what jason said and justin said where now there are clicks within bubble tea shops (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know you go to this bubble tea because they use organic oat milk
1: you go to this bubble tea because
0: they're better at like fruit tea and stuff right
1: (laughs) or they're more sustainable (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah.
0: but okay so then that was the coming down to San Gabriel Valley and being shocked by just culturally, what else did you guys experience that you didn't expect?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, as far as like expectations, I didn't really have that many expectations coming down there. I just knew I wanted to like have fun and live, (laughs) live life, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, that's always been our motto is just like go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And so I guess if we're talking about expectations, maybe one of the main things was I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. Work-wise? Work-wise, when it came to like even networking and meeting people and collaborating mm. and just it was a lot trickier than I thought it was going to be mm. I don't know if that's normal for everyone maybe it was more of just for us maybe that was kind of like the rude awakening part for us where we're like oh I don't know it seemed harder to connect with people down here mm. sometimes mm mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah. without having to name names, because we're not going to do that. But what do you mean specifically? As in, like, it wasn't as open to do that? Because, you know, whatever you guys say, I'll back you up. I'll <laughs> give in, I'll fill in the tea, you know? Yeah. But She's got all the facts. Yeah, I, the I, I, I don't hesitate <laughs> on that. But for you guys, was it, like... Even reaching people, it was hard. LA is pretty spread out. What was your guys'
1: goal? One of the reasons why we moved down was to grow our YouTube channel or turn it into more of a business, right? We saw Mm -hmm. potential in it Mm -hmm. and we saw that we could turn it into something like beautiful. But I think when we moved down, we were just really distracted by a lot of things, I think. And also we were holding ourselves back a bit Mm -hmm. because being twins and working together, we were always really territorial over our brand. Before even blaming it on anyone else, we take the blame ourselves too, just because I feel like we were pretty selective of who we wanted to collab with Mm. and maybe limited a lot of opportunities for ourselves too. In that Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. I think like coming down here, I, for whatever reason, I became a lot more insecure and I don't know if that's, you know, being around more creators or just being in the entertainment industry and just getting lost in the like competitiveness Mm -hmm. a little bit. There's just so much going on. Everyone's trying to make a name for themselves. It seems you kind of get lost in the number game too. And just the whole game, like social media game. Mm -hmm. There was just a lot. There was a lot, like even having like a manager and like not really knowing what Justin and I truly want out of this, because mm-hmm. we're such kind of like go with the flow people and then feeling a lot of pressure to to like have to know like what we want. Mm-hmm. Everything was just so overwhelming. And I think that ultimately is why we had such a hard time thriving or like connecting with others, collaborating. I think a lot of it was internal. A lot of the issues, they were internal or even just between Justin and I. Mm.
0: No, that makes sense because when you guys came down, that was pretty much during the time period for talking about YouTube, where the Asian boom golden era kind of passed. Yeah. And that's what everyone who joined YouTube after was like, oh, my God, this' would be amazing. Everyone coll- like, oh, Hina is on like Wang Fu's channel and then Kev Jumbo is doing this with Ryan and all that. And then by the time you guys came, everyone already built such a following the OGs that it started to be more of a business like a mindset because I think that's when people started to realize the different groups and channels were like oh this can be a full-time thing. yeah so when we met Regina and I were already working at Wong Fu we're getting paid at Wong Fu so for you guys coming in it's how do you sustain both of you guys? I think like from Wang Fu Zen, the guys like Phil West and Ted had already gotten to that point that they can afford to hire people. So then there's a whole nother level of how do we sustain this? And I think that coincides with like how do we be more choosy? How do we look out? I don't wanna say look out for ourselves, but it's definitely less collabby than right. it was like prior to during that. the golden, yeah, the yeah. Asian golden YouTube period. Right.
1: Yes. I think I was surprised by like the clickiness even in the YouTube scene. Mm. Yeah, I think that was one of the realizations mm-hmm. where I, yeah, I just didn't realize that the way we perceived it on YouTube was like, yeah, everyone is collaborative and everyone is like, it's a huge like community that everyone is just working together kind of thing. But it was a lot clickier than I thought it would be. And I'm not sure if that's just because of what people were feeding me like information.
2: Did you guys ever feel like, oh, you know we don't really fit in here or you know maybe moving to la wasn't the right decision or have any doubts even while you guys were in la
1: oh yeah i think so yeah that's why i live in orange county <laughs> <laughs> that's why we live I in Orange County. an arm's length away from la <laughs> i think yeah i think wrapping oh, up yeah. what i was saying earlier i think the youtube politics mm, was was yeah. something we weren't ready for mm-hmm. and yeah that was rough <laughs> that was a rough time yeah, yeah.
2: Doing my skincare is one of my favorite daily wellness routines. I've always loved trying different brands, but over the years have learned to be more intentional and simplify. That's when I discovered Biosance, Their products have easily become some of my holy grails, and their focus on science and sustainability is something that I deeply admire. My favorites are their Squalane Omega Repair Cream and Vitamin C Rose Oil. They leave my skin feeling so healthy and hydrated, and I've noticed a huge difference in my complexion overall. They have also partnered with Oceana to help further the preservation of our oceans and Carbonfund.org to ensure their carbon neutral footprint. If you're looking for luxury skincare without the high price tag, head to biosense.com to learn more about their beautifully formulated products and commitment to sustainability. We will also be hosting a Biosons giveaway later this week on our Instagram, so be sure you're following us at perfectly.imperfect.podcast. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think I relate to that a lot too because I started working for Wang Fu when I was 17 in high school. And mm-hmm. I feel like that was going into the golden era as Christine deemed it, where everybody was starting to collab and all of these things. And I think that when you see everything on the outside, you're like, wow, everyone's best friends. You know, like, they all hang out together. Everything's like really good. But then you don't think yeah. about the behind the scenes. You don't think about like, oh, you know, this person is doing that collab to get to their audience and to this Mm -hmm. and that. And I feel like there's a lot more plotting. And I can see from your guys' perspective where you guys are coming from Seattle, fresh-faced, you know, like totally ready, starry-eyed to kind of be like, oh yeah, we're going to do this thing in LA now just to be like a wave washed over. You know, it's not as simple as like, hey, let's go over to your place and jam out tonight. And, you know, we'll post it on YouTube and see how it does. Like it's much more calculated and it may not sit well with everyone.
1: Right. But speaking of the golden age of YouTube, I feel lucky that I got to experience the tail end of it because Mm. Jason and I, like when we moved to L.A. that year, we were able to be a part of some really, really cool opportunities that if we moved down a year or two later, we would have never gotten to be a part of. Mm. Like we got to travel overseas to Asia, like with Just Kidding Films, Wong Fu, like Ryan Higa, you know, like. Oh, yeah. It was just like one of the most mind blowing experiences ever in our lives. I'm grateful that we got to move down during those years because, mm-hmm. man, yeah. that's not happening now. You know, <laughs> no. yeah. The highs were really high and the lows were, were low. Yeah. <laughs> it was all worth it. Yeah. Though. It was all worth it.
0: <laughs> I mean, going off of that, I know like you guys kind of touched upon the image of, you know, being J-Rod twins and also brand. I'm sure the idea of a brand became more in your face when you came to L.A. because then it's like, how do you sell yourselves, not even just who are the J-Rods, but what does your brand represent? Who will you attract? You know, what's your demo? What are your numbers? How did that affect You guys personally as like regular people, because we're all regular people, but behind the brand of J-Rods.
1: Justin and I, we weren't really on the same page when it came to what our ideal image was. And to be honest, we didn't even really even know what our ideal image was. Mm -hmm. We were kind of writing off of the idea of like less is more and like let's be Mm. mysterious because you don't have to try as much, Mm. especially if you don't know what your brand should look like. Let's just focus on the music and covers. We don't need to like share our life story and stress out about it. I think Justin can kind of answer this part a little better than I can, because it had a lot to do with, you know, your story. Yeah, I think pursuing Jero twins together, over the past five or six years, we neglected our individual lives. Mm -hmm. We neglected exploring more of our own individual interests. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably one of the biggest pitfalls of pursuing it the past five or six years. But for some reason, I felt okay doing it. I was just like, forget about me. Let's just do the JRO twins thing and just focus on that. <sighs> I kind of blame myself for doing that because I know Jason has always, he was into YouTube before JRO twins. Like he was doing his own prank channel, he was doing his own stuff on the side. And I always pressured him to do music. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, hey, I feel like this channel has way more potential. We can build this into something. Yeah, I always felt bad. I always felt like Aww. guilty for pushing him into doing that more when maybe his heart wasn't set on that fully as much as mine was. If anything, I just I felt like we didn't pay attention to ourselves enough mm. while pursuing Jero twins. And I think that was probably what held us back, I think, from like, just thriving as much as we wanted it to.
0: I mean, that makes sense, because that's the whole idea of this image of images, everything when you're trying hard to figure out who you are, what your truth is, what you're about. Even, I mean, you don't have to be a YouTuber or any influencer. But as a person, how can you thrive if you're not fully yourself? You don't Mm -hmm. feel fully comfortable in your skin. You don't know what is it that you're trying to do and how to live it fully. So I can imagine with another layer of having hundreds of thousands of followers who are interested in your guys' lives and your personal lives and wanting more and more and more and feeling the pressure of Oh, my gosh, what are we willing to share? What do they want us to be? And can we be that?
1: Right. Yeah. I think personally for me to chime in a little bit, Justin, on your story, I think the fact that Justin wasn't out publicly yet, that was a really huge one Mm -hmm. for the both of us. I think for me, I mean, obviously, I wasn't in the closet. And so I never had to face any of the struggles and hardships that Justin went through. And which is probably why I wasn't able to sort of be more understanding of where he was at and the struggles he was going through when it came to like the image of Gerald twins and not not being sure whether he should like open up about it or not. For a while, it felt like it was hindering me to be myself, I guess. Mm. It was just this really complicated dynamic between Justin and I for a little while Mm -hmm. where like I kind of knew what I wanted in a sense where I didn't want to just hold back. Anymore, I wanted to like be raw and be vulnerable on our platform, use it to like tell our story, you know. But I felt like it was really tough to tell the story without opening yeah. the can of worms of you know Justin's identity, mm. and yeah, I think that was really tough for a while.
0: Right, yeah. right. And for those of you who haven't listened <laughs> yet or have listened, Justin was recently on ABG's Asian Boss Girls podcast where he for the first time publicly came out and shared his story, which is so powerful. That must have been a huge moment in your journey, because I know we've talked about it, but to get to that point, finally.
1: Yeah, that was our first ever deep conversation, Christine. (laughs) You're asking me, why don't you want to come out? And I remember sitting there not being able to give you an answer. And I was so frustrated with myself. I was just like, why am I not coming out online? Like, what's holding me back? Like, Seriously, come on.
0: Everyone in their own time, right? You just, you still Mm -hmm. had a process. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you actually approached me I remember earlier this year to be on your podcast and me potentially coming out on your podcast. But then I guess it it got canceled because of COVID. And then I got approached to do it on another podcast.
0: But I mean, all in safe space. I'm glad you did it with them because you guys are close, you know, ABG and you guys. So I'm glad that you had a place where you felt safe in order to do that because it's not easy. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I would have felt safe here as well because we've already had these conversations off mic. But I think this is really cool that Jason's here to be a part of the conversation because he was probably the reason why I came out, to be honest. (laughs) You know, like I probably wouldn't have been able to do it without him. So Mm. me holding back that part of my identity really just affected our work dynamic. And I know Jason wanted to give more to our audience, but for me... I kept wanting to hold back. I kept wanting to filter. I kept wanting to just crop cut, get rid of anything that would ever give a hint that I was gay, you know? Right. And Jason was the primary editor for our YouTube. He had to go through a lot. <laughs> he had to go through my bitchiness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like, you know, talking to you guys together and individually, because we've had many of those different types of conversations. I mean, there's always a joke within the inner group that you guys are like a married couple, right? Because, like you know, you guys speak about each other as if you guys... Just just like, we'll see what Justin says. Oh, yeah, we'll have like Jason finish that sentence. But when you talk to each other separately, I felt like there's such a weight of guilt that you guys felt for each other. I feel bad that I had Jason do this and Jason would be like, oh, I felt bad that I have Justin do it. And then you're just like, (laughs) you see how much love and support that you guys have for each other and that it makes sense how your guys' journey has grown and developed. And then that's, you know, the next part of it where since doing YouTube full time, you guys have traveled internationally, have been on a Korean international (laughs) show, performed all over the world, like as of right now. How have your goals changed for J-Rods and also individually?
1: So for me, as always, I'm always going with the flow. (laughs) So to be honest, I'm not sure exactly what my long-term goals look like, but I do know that I'm headed towards the right direction. Recently, I just committed to the decision of moving back home to Seattle, where my family is, where our family is. Mm. And then Justin is staying back in Orange County, California. Mm. That was a huge decision to part ways And, you know, I think going back to what you said earlier, where we have this guilt, we are like a married couple. And Justin actually just mentioned in our vlog series that we're going to release pretty soon. Mm -hmm. So there's like a marriage couple bond, but then a twin bond is like exceeds that.
0: Oh, man. It's
1: like even stronger Mm -hmm. where we literally share our identity. We share the confidence. We share the doubt. We share the guilt. It's like times two of everything. Mm. It can be really good sometimes and it can be just really bad sometimes. Mm. That comes to show that we didn't have a strong sense of our own individual identity. Mm. And that's kind of the mission that we're on now is we want to have a stronger sense of self-identity. Moving back to Seattle and being around family and kind of doing our own thing, just Justin doing Justin, me doing me. And we'll see where that takes us. Yeah, we're excited.
0: Yeah. Justin, did you have anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, I do. Actually, I feel like this split happened really organically, too. I don't know if it would have happened if certain family circumstances were going on. But Mm. Jason's back home now. I'm here. And we're fully embracing this opportunity. We're looking at as a great opportunity to just like experiment what it's like to be apart. And like I said earlier, we've neglected exploring ourselves for so long. And we're 29 years old now. It's about time. We're ready for it. You know, we're entering our 30s. I'm ready to focus on Juju. He's ready to focus on JJ. And and we're going to do this. We're going to start our Dirty 30 on like, I know, baby. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. (laughs) He called it. The world is ready. The world is ready. Yeah. With that said, though, we aren't quitting YouTube. We actually saw it as an opportunity to create like a new series, like different content. We're going to document our journey of parting ways as twins. I think it'll be cool because our audience, even though they initially subscribed to us for the music, for the covers and stuff, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them, hopefully the ones that are still around, they'll get a chance to actually learn more about us. Yeah. Uh, Finally.
2: Yeah, No, I I mean, I feel like that's what I love about YouTube. I think we all started, you know, watching YouTube as a platform where people would have their individual niches. Like, you know, a lot of girls were doing like beauty channels and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe home decor or DIY and things like that. And that's how it started. But I think that as YouTube evolved, it evolved into this platform where, yeah, people would open up more and they would talk about their feelings. You know, people would upload videos of them crying and having a meltdown down and you know all those things and that is kind of the beauty of watching YouTube like especially the creators that you've followed for so long and I'm sure that that is something that you know your audience is really craving from the two of you as well and I'm happy that the two of you guys have now come to that place where you feel comfortable enough to be like hey Yeah, we did hide behind this kind of facade of J Rod twins. And Mm -hmm. it's so much easier, honestly, right? To just be like, oh, hey, cool. You know, we go on stage, we sing, haha, have fun. All right, see you guys. And then you guys live, you know, your own private lives. But I also think that it does get to a point where it's like, oh, but are we just going to keep doing this? Like, what's next? Like, what is the point of this? Or is there anything more? And I completely relate to you guys too on the 20s thing. I'm also 29, and I feel like. Like, Yeah, 20s are just like a whirlwind. And I'm kind of ready to like step into that self identity. Like what you guys were saying earlier, I do not have the luxury of a twin sibling who, you know, (laughs) was there with me through everything. But I definitely think that like 20s is a lot of like, oh, what's going on? And I think I still hide behind that facade too. like Christine always calls me out on it where it's like, oh, I, you know, put a really like nice spin on everything because it's just like, oh, well, I don't want to like be too forced about me and who I really am, but... Yeah, it's been so much fun watching you guys. I know that you guys also moved to LA around the time I moved to New York, so I've always been like observing you guys from afar. But it's really Aww. awesome to see how you guys have really grown and are now taking that you know step towards being your individual selves and like really understanding who you guys are outside of just being you know Justin and Jason. Aww. Let's go! Yeah. Let's do this
1: together, Regina.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: step
2: into your dirty thirties, yeah. guys. <laughs> Dude, the other day
0: (laughs) we're like googling someone and then i was like oh jack like oh this person's like two years older than us he's 36 and jack's like we're 36 i was like no we're not (laughs) oh my god but anyways so you know from that we're gonna actually go into asking each individual juju and jj individual questions (laughs) about your own journeys but before that really wanted to ask this one last question which is a big question Okay. but now that you guys are on this new chapter of your guys's evolution and self-discovery journey what do you think you're looking for what do you think you're searching for
1: hmm. what did i write down i know <laughs> let me let me this is this was it's one of the hardest questions question here. Yeah. <laughs> that's a tough that's a toughie jason yeah i know i know what we're both kind of looking for well i'm not going to speak on behalf of you but i feel like maybe we're on the same page Yeah. I just want to wake up every day feeling excited and just motivated to do something that I truly enjoy. Well, here's the thing, because... This question always gets me because I feel pressured to say, like, I want to change the world or I want to make no. a huge impact <laughs> somehow. You know, like, I always feel pressured to say something like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm like, man, am I ready for that? Like, in this stage in my life, you know, like, I feel like I'm saying that just because maybe I'm comparing myself to other people and the things they're doing. Right. But I feel like in the stage I'm in now, it's okay to kind of focus on myself. And then mm-hmm. I know it'll lead there someday. Mm-hmm. It'll lead to that point someday. And so I think I'm really just trying to focus on myself. Wake up every day doing something that I love. And then hopefully in turn, that just helps to, it leads to greater things like, you know, helping my family, making some kind of impact in the world, whatever that is.
0: But Justin, you have been creating an impact. And that's, <laughs> that's the thing though. And you also do it outside of Jason. And I think that's the thing about like vulnerability that people who have not experienced it to that degree, that is the power of your impact unintentionally so exactly what you said right it's not like you're going out there going hey guys I'm gonna change your life right now you know it's like by you being authentic about your journey how you have struggled with it no one could ever take that away from you and I'll speak from my own experience by going through those hardships actually coming out of it you're like I wouldn't be who I am now without that the struggles the stuff that we used to be shameful of embarrassed about and like Mm -hmm. sometimes even cringy over but then you realize that is actually the power and impact of your story of how you change people who you never actually never know It not these people you will never ever meet in your life but to them seeing how you are willing to even talk about it and share not that you have to but then now you've flipped a page you're brave to do that both of you guys are have so much courage because i mean the way that you guys talking about you know, living separately sounds like you guys have separated <laughs> as like a married couple, you know? <laughs> and even then it's it takes so much courage to do that, to step outside mm-hmm. your comfort zone. Like exactly what Regina said. It almost is easier, but then it's what we go to is our default. So I think by where you are right now, even having that awareness that you're like, it's not like I want to go out there to be like, this is the impact I'm going to change. This is how I'm going to change the world. But the fact that you want to work on yourself, I think mm-hmm. that is the most genuine and non-selfish thing anyone can do because how can you really change the world if you yourself are not right within yourself you know what i mean like the yeah, direction yeah, yeah. the thrive. what you think about waking up and being like that bright glowy just excitement you don't have to fake that you just know it and even in that anyone that comes around that automatically just i feel like i experience that from you two all the time but i think even more so so i can only imagine your guys like sunshine and brightness after you guys like reach full pokemon evolution <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thank you christine and i feel like i always need that as a reminder because even in like my instagram bio right like i literally put a quote in there so that i could help remind myself that just telling my story does kind of have an impact right and so i literally just put in there uh no one can tell your story but you so i read that anytime yeah. i feel like i feel like i'm not like enough you know yeah and i think it was great for you to give me that reminder because. I feel like some days I am aware of that. But then other days I'm like, hmm, yeah, I'm not doing enough, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Oh,
0: no, no. Thank you for sharing on IG story how you've been waking up early and drinking all the water and meditation. I think even that you're not like, I'm going to post this up so people will feel inspired. Like you're just doing it because it's your life. And some days you can do it and some days you can't. And that's okay.
2: Yeah, yeah for sure. I know. I'm definitely impacted by those. I'm like, oh, man. I need to get up earlier, (laughs) drink more water, (laughs) spend some time meditating, definitely. What about you, Jason?
1: I think I'm still searching. I don't know exactly what I'm searching for, but like I said before, I do know that I'm headed towards the right direction because I can just feel it. I feel stoked every day. Mm. Like I feel like our split was the start to that journey. Like, I'm not sure exactly what I'm searching for, but I all I know is I'm going to try to enjoy the process of searching for it and just try not to get too lost in the search yeah. <laughs> for that. You know, there's a lot of good things going on in the present that you can also <laughs> enjoy. And there's a balance, I guess. I'm just trying to be more present. I think mm. I lost a lot of my ability to be present and enjoy the things around me. And I think that's why I went home to just like spend quality time with my family and stuff. So right now like I feel a lot of fulfillment in everything that I'm doing back at home and helping my mom and like helping the family out and stuff and yeah, we'll see where that takes me. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: like for people who are feeling similar to Jason, starting simple is a really great first step. Take away all the frills, take away all the stuff that you think is you, what you're supposed to like, cause your friends like, etc. And then just yeah. get it down to the nitty gritty of the people that you care most about your life. How can you just even do that? You know, like be the best brother, be the best son for you authentically. And then what are the things that you enjoy? I see Jason right now teaching your nephews and nieces too, right? Like playing tennis. And I think that's just yeah. such a, it's like watching a dad teaching like their kids are just like, <laughs> a, such a, it's just a sweet thing to see.
1: Yeah, right now I'm spending a lot of time like getting in touch with my inner child again Mm. and just kind of allowing myself to like dream again and like rewire my brain and get Mm -hmm. rid of all the limiting beliefs and negativity and stuff. So that's what I'm working on right now is to have a better mindset, I guess.
0: We love talking to Justin and Jason so much, we literally talked for over two hours. This is why we split it into two parts, so head over to part two of this episode that's up right now as we dive in deeper about each twin's specific hurdles, growth, and futures as they move on to their next
2: chapter. See you over there!